Welcome to the Hot and Hobble Podcast. Kevin A.C., Padres beat writer uh, for the Union Tribune. That's Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Uh, don't worry. If you were watching live, um, Ryan is okay. Uh, you can see that there's some light coming in, so you know he's not in a submersible uh, submarine exploring. Uh, Too soon. Too soon. He's been kidnapped. Um, but uh, Ryan, as many of you know, is a sports editor of the Union Tribune, a, a native San Diegan, a uh, lifelong uh, aficionado of, of San Diego sports. That's not an exaggeration. He knows more about uh, 90s Padres uh, than 99% of us. But uh, he is moving back because he has joined our staff, uh, well, it seems like a while ago. But, you know, these logistics take a while, and Ryan's family's moving to San Diego, so he's in the process of that. So, anyway, Padres, uh, Nationals, because really, Ryan, I'd ask you how it's going, but no one cares. Um, I've learned that in my life. No one cares. Padres, Nationals, where do you want to start? Well, we can start with the fact that it's a must-win series. And dang it, Kevin, we've been saying this three times a week for the, for the last month. But it feels like, especially given what has happened to the Padres since we last spoke, uh, it's really important to to beat a really, really bad national. Let me ask you something. When you say must win, why are you saying it? Because I want this was the this was the topic that I Mm -hmm. wanted to get into. So I want to know from you what you mean by must win and like, why is it a must win? It's getting late, Kevin. It's June. It's 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 only June. But you look around baseball and you look at teams that have been able to, that are maybe unexpectedly in first place in their divisions. I'm I'm thinking of the Cincinnati Reds, who've won, I believe, 11 straight games. Um, There's another team out there that's won 8 of 10. Uh, It is important to get on a run if the Padres are going to be a playoff contender at this point. The reality is, as June creeps into July here, the Padres are in fourth place in their division. Right? Yep. They're coming off of... I, what I would argue would be the most heartbreaking series so far. Maybe maybe the most frustrating series of a frustrating season so far, right? Losing three or four of the Giants in San Francisco, although they redeemed themselves a little bit Thursday. We can talk about that later. Yeah. I, I, I just think you got to get back to beating bad teams. And, and it can't be two of three, and it can't be two of four or four of seven. Okay. I mean, I think you need to see a long run here. The best way to get back into contention is to win like seven or eight in a row. And okay. you can start that by beating a really bad Nationals team this weekend. You mean like the Either. Giants did, who were 500 and then suddenly were 10 games over uh, or, or whatever uh-huh. it was. Yes, sure. exactly. Interesting you say that. It, it is uh, what I am going to write about today. I can tell you what I'm going to write about in my game story on a Friday because, you know, our deadline for the first print edition is six minutes after the game starts. Um, mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating slightly, but that's what it feels like. They got to sweep the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Now, those of you maybe just stumbling upon the podcast or or have a memory that has been tainted by age like mine or, uh, um, you know, or I should say diminished by age like mine or diminished by being on Twitter. And you can't remember that I'm the guy who's constantly giving context. Just understand how like much I mean it when I say they got to sweep the Nationals. And it's not like season over if they don't, but like yeah. like season over literally, but like what the heck are you doing if you don't sweep the Nationals? They stink. Patrick Corbin is pitching tonight. Uh, he allowed the league the most hits in the league last year, the most hits in the league in 2020. He has allowed the most hits in the league this year. Um, the, I talked to Xander Bogarts yesterday. Forget that Xander Bogarts is in a is in a bad 40 game slump. Uh, you know, uh, forget that. He's got two rings. He was 
in the AL East. There's little, there's a couple things there. He knows what it takes to win. He won with a fantastically talented Red Sox team. He won as part of like a Red Sox team that no one really expected to be the World Series champions. And he was in the AL East when the Orioles stunk. And everybody knew what they had to do when you played the Orioles. And the Rays would go like 500 uh, against um, the rest of the division and 17 and two against the Orioles. The nationals aren't in the Padres division, but they're playing them and they're playing a bad team and they're playing them at the right time. You know, who's coming up after that? Yes. The Pittsburgh pirates. Yes. Who have lost 10 straight. Okay. Yes. The uh, nationals, I believe have lost six of seven and 14 of 17. Xander Bogart said this, and he said it somewhat reluctantly because, you know, he knows that I'm a guy who, you know, unless you tell me not to, right, or unless I read the room and I know I'm not supposed to talk about something, he knows I'm going to talk about it and write about it. He said they have to sweep the Nationals. Yeah. Like, like mad respect, Xander says, to these other professional athletes and that they're major leaguers. But it's reached, it's what you and I are saying. It's reached a point where, sorry, like two or three against the Rays is awesome. Two of three against the Nationals is not good enough. Right. And, and it's not only do you need to start sweep, sweeping series instead of winning them, when you have a series like what the Padres just endured in, in San Francisco, now you sort of really need to redouble those efforts, right? I mean, the Padres took two of three from the Rays. Before that, they took two of three from who? The Guardians. Guardians, that's right. And they handed all back and more by losing three or four to the Giants. Now, if you think about baseball that way, it will drive you crazy, and you will go focus on football, which is only 16 games. But my goodness, what a momentum. And, and Kevin, if we could just look back just a little bit here, yeah. the Giants series. Well, to me, yeah. what a splash of water in the face that series was to anybody who had thought that the Padres had turned things around. Starting with Monday, it's the game where they run out of relievers. Um, because guys had been overused on, on Tuesday going or on Sunday. I'm sorry. You go into Tuesday, Tuesday is another, a game where you get beat late again, Wednesday, the Padres get hosed on maybe one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I mean, those are three gut punch losses for a team that needed to split or win the series to keep some momentum going. Yep. Um, absolutely. And, and the first thing I'll say is yes. And, and, and especially since it's June and, you know, especially just like the weird way it went and the way that they yeah. had been playing. And then I also want to say, because I deal in reality and I cover these players. There was also this feeling of like, not, oh, well, but like, okay, man, this sucks, man. We're frustrated because every time we get up to the summit, we take, you know, we slide, right? Mm -hmm. There, if you've been to the ballpark uh, and seen, you know, Don and Mud do this thing where they like a, a bit between innings where they yeah. they announce other sports, like weird off the wall stuff. Yeah. One of them is, and I've actually I came across this on ESPN uh, eight or whatever it was. Honestly, I think it was ESPN, like uh, in the middle of the night one time. Uh, these people are climbing up these stairs. They have like Crisco on it. And, and you get up and you get to the top and then all of a sudden one bad step and you fall down these stairs. That's what the Padres season has been like a few times. And, yeah. and 
but they know that they're getting up. They are taking the two steps up. Mm. And it was so weird that it was like a little bit like, okay, we're still playing well. We need to win this last game in San Francisco and reset. Regardless of that wasn't necessarily in regard to the Nationals, but it was like, it's we still were going to win all three of these games in their mind, right? Now we did it. That's not, but, but like we didn't get beat 12 to nothing. We, you know, we did a lot of things, right? We did enough to win. This shouldn't, it sucks. Maybe it says something about us, but it shouldn't change our season. So I just want to have that on record. I thought yesterday might've been one of the most important wins of their season so far to not only come out, but to come out and get an easy one. Kevin, even when they win, it doesn't feel like even their wins have been easy. Uh, to have a day where you can throw Luis Garcia out there in a 10-run game and say, get shelled if you want. And he doesn't. He pitched He pitched well. But you could, I mean, relax a little. Uh, you know, I mean, it was 6 nothing in the second or third inning, correct? I mean, this thing, the hay was in the barn pretty early for them. Um, and two, Snell was dealing. Snell, I mean, it's as good as Snell's looked as a It's 6-0 and it was over, right. Right. Uh, to do that, to rally the way they did, to keep a three-game losing streak from turning into a four-game losing streak, to take uh, – and again, I know that there's no such thing as momentum in baseball. But to at least have a happy flight home, I, I think, is key. You know when you know, there's momentum in baseball, when the players mm-hmm. believe it, and then that actually works, right? right? Like you actually get on a five, six game run. Then there is such thing as momentum because like there was to them. <laughs> well, we quote this Manny Machado line all the time on this show, Kevin, which is, you know, the difference between good players and great players. You know, everybody goes over uh, 10. Um, a, a great player can keep it from becoming two for 30, yeah. right? Two for 27. I would say that the same is applicable to teams. You know, good teams don't lose a bunch of games in a row. Good teams rally and and keep three-game losing streaks from turning to four, five, six, seven. In that regard, I thought yesterday was very important. Yes, and good teams generally also win at least five in a row and oftentimes get at least an eight or an 11-game streak going in in a season. Yes, absolutely. Hey, let's talk about that play at the plate real quick because – we're all referring to it as a horrible call. It may not have been the wrong call. I mean, I'm, I was in the press box saying this is probably going to be blocking. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. I, I was like, I mean, it's ridiculous. But if you go by the unfortunate wording of the rule, it's like I wasn't surprised. No. That, both of those can exist. I can say it's, I mean, it's horrible. This is a rule that was designed to to physically protect catchers and it is hurting catchers, right? <laughs> like basically you're like, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is in right field. We got two outs. So-and-so's coming up. We're going to get thrown out here, but I'm sending this guy because, man, we might be able to get a blocking. Like it's like throwing that Hail Mary pass. Going, we might get it. I'm, I'm exactly call it the one. I'm not yeah. saying that's what yeah. the third base coach was doing, <clears throat> but if it was, bravo. Right. The Padres and other teams have taken the last two days. I've talked to coaches, looked at these plays. The one that uh, Travis Jankowski and Bruce Bochi were were uh, involved in, uh, in in with uh, the White Sox and the Rangers, uh, where the Rangers 
it was even worse than the Padres. They got screwed. Uh, Jonah Heim, the catcher for the Rangers, no, I mean, it was just unreal. And then they, the one with the Padres, and they have used it as a teaching moment. Okay, I mean, we don't necessarily totally understand this rule. This rule needs to be changed, but it's the rule we have right now. We have to make sure that our catcher sets up in fair territory, not even the first base box, fair territory. And, and if you go by that, Gary Sanchez blew the rule. And you arguably, Gary Sanchez, while it looks to most rational people and people that know baseball that he was going to catch the ball, he probably went into the third baseline a little early. The Nat, the Giants, Gabe Kapler, who's, you know, Gabe Kapler, uh, acknowledged he'd probably be upset, but he was going by the, the Sanchez stepped into the, the third base line to the left of the third baseline. That isn't necessarily why Sanchez got dinged. It, it, it's a part of it, according to the explanation. It was because he set up in foul territory. In no way obstructing the play, but by the rule, Marvin Hudson in New York was correct. And, and it's, it's, it, I mean, it's mind-boggling. But that's what he's charged with calling. Isn't there a caveat that says that if the, the runner is dead to rights, if that I, can't be called? If you also go by unreasonable doubt. And I take away the fact that what I think my, like, and it sounds silly, but what I think my eyes told me, right? Mm -hmm. And I just look at it. Can I tell you an unreasonable doubt that that throw was going to beat him if he wasn't in the third baseline and the, the runner hadn't deviated to go out? My answer is yes, that that should not have been. Yes, my answer is that should have been an out. Yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to be as fair as possible, and it's much like as we all lose our minds. Well, I don't anymore because I don't watch it, but the NFL, the catch rule, and, and all that, it's like I'm trying to be as fair as possible to the umpires mm -hmm. and say they're calling what they're charged with calling. The rule needs to be changed. It's ridiculous. It, it really is. Um, I don't like to use the word disaster or travesty, but let's put it in context. Within the context of, of baseball, it's a travesty, this rule. Right. Well, and this is where the challenge, I think, becomes a double-edged sword here. You know, uh, it, Kevin, the analogy to me is, thro is throwing a pass interference flag on a ball thrown through the back of the end zone because the quarterback's getting sacked, right? Or calling a, a, a shooting foul on a full-court shot at the buzzer in a 30-point game, right? You just, do these things happen all the time? Yes. Do you call them? No because it's against the spirit of the rule. The problem, Kevin, with reviews, I think is that they don't take into account the spirit of the rule. And my there's another argument, you know, people say you shouldn't call a foul in the last second and decide the game. Really? I mean, I get that, but right. like, was it a foul? Would it have been a foul three seconds into the game? I mean, right. I get it. No. Right. And I think that was part of Bob Melvin's argument too. Oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And Bob Melvin's reaction, Kevin, I was watching it at home and you saw it. I mean, he just kept saying one word over and over and over again. Um, a very common word if, if you're around baseball enough. Uh, you know, basically, hey, it's a BS call hmm. over and over and over again. And it was. And look, he can't argue. The, he knew the second he said anything about it, he was out because you can't argue reviews. But um, again, I, I though. Love it that, and there's no other way for it to do, to do it or we'd be having. Uh, even sure. longer arguments during the game. It's completely out of the hands of the umpires there. Yeah. 
you even mm-hmm. see you've seen the two home plate umpires the last on uh, the, the calls I'm talking about the Rangers and the Padres where the home plate umpires look at the uh, manager and basically shrug and then look away yeah. like like yeah and then look away as if to let everyone know wasn't me wasn't um, and and it's true it's true right keep in mind though and and again I'm not going to let the Padres off the hook here in uh, some in Twitter let's say the Padres were not winning that game at the time. Now, oh, they were up one nothing. They were down one nothing. Or I'm sorry, blah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. What you mean, but I wanted to make they sure meaning the Giants game. were up one nothing. Padres were down one nothing. Counting that run made it two nothing. Things unraveled from there. It cost them the game, mm-hmm. but to presume that one of that baseball's worst situational hitting team would have rallied even from a one nothing deficit, I think, is to not take into account the fact that the Padres have not been very good. Before yesterday, frankly, had not been very good in situational hitting situations. I wish I could remember. I can't even remember. Like there's a there's a phrase for it. The phrase that um it, it, it's um it's a couple words. It's a law of something that you know the assumption that things would have gone the exact same if this one event was taken out. You know, mm-hmm. like when uh, a guy's on sec. It happened the other day. Tatis gets thrown. No, uh, someone gets Soto. Soto gets thrown out at um, third trying to steal. Xander Bogarts gets a single. Oh, that single would have scored. Maybe he wouldn't have got a single. Maybe it would have changed the way that Xander Bogarts was pitched. Maybe it would have changed Xander Bogarts' approach or his mentality. Um, sure. You can't assume that you take out one event and that all the other events would go the same. So Butterfly effect. Butterfly effect, Kevin. Is that what it is? Yep. Well, some of it, which is one small thing happening, changes the course of human history. I think what you're saying is something far more logical than that. But, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't just assume that because one thing happened. But the fact is, they scored two runs. And if that out call was different, then, you know, (laughs) the the Giants scored one. They have every right to be angry about it. Absolutely. Kevin, let's talk about a couple of guys uh, real quick who seem to be turning things around. Number one, Blake Snell. I mean, I I think I said earlier in the show, I've watched most of Blake Snell starts since he's been a Padre. Uh, I can't recall very many being better than that one yesterday. Um, He dealt. I mean, you're there. It's right up there. And, and especially the stuff that he had and, and just, the, Gi- the Giants were hopeless. And and the beauty sure. of it is like you knew it from the second inning on that if Blake Snell kept it together, and I know that's a big if, if you've watched all of his starts and you've seen that, you know, three perfect innings and then a four run fourth or whatever. But like once he gets rolling and it's usually later than this, mm-hmm. you can have a lot of faith in Blake Snell once yeah. he gets rolling. And yeah. you just knew that that was now. There was the 26 pitch inning that prevented him once again from going longer than six. Um, you know, it stinks that, uh, you know, speaking of ifs, uh, that, that start in Colorado, he's like 75 pitches through seven mm-hmm. innings. Like, right. I mean, it, it, he got hit on the foot and they took him out for cautionary reasons. It's like, man, that might, that was one of those times where Blake Snell, maybe Blake Snell could have got the eight innings, got the complete game first time in his career. Uh, but, now, whatever. This guy, just accept Blake Snell for what he is. You're going to get six or seven shutout? 
That's who Blake Snell is for you. And I'm sorry, that's a guy who's going to get 25 million next year if he continues like that. That's it's 2023, folks. Um, I, I, you know, email uh, still lights up quite a bit that uh, about Blake Snell not being able to go longer than six innings. Um, okay, all right, they'll take this. I think he's got the best stuff on the team. Oh, and that's, well, that's, say, and that's saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he's when he's on, he's incredible. Again, is he a guy who you want to give $25 million a year to to be your ace next year? I don't know. Guess what? That's not something the Padres are considering. So let let whoever covers the Reds figure that out. <laughs> um, number two, Kevin, Gary Sanchez. Again, this was a guy who I think uh, what was in an over 21 slump. Yeah, he hit homered, gone 21 at bats without a hit, and then homered. Right, finished with three hits. His first three-hit game was a Padre. Uh, again, the, the slash line that we're looking at, it gets progressively better as you go left to right. Uh, an OPS of 810, which I think you'll take out of your starting catcher any day, but a batting average of 214. Kevin, is this more in line with who he is than sure. the, Very the Gary Sanchez we saw early? Yeah. Very streaky, and anything was going to be more in line than what was it, six homers in his first 44 at-bats. Um, you know, yeah, it had started to look pretty bad. Was that five games, uh, maybe six games with a couple pinch hits in there or something like that. I don't know. Um, also I don't mean to compare because it really doesn't matter what Austin Nola does when Gary Sanchez is in the game. It's like you need Gary Sanchez to produce, but you know, this slash line is especially the far left and the far right for, uh, if you compare the two is, is, you know, you'll, you'll take it, uh, because, it it's, beats having an OPS of 458, like Austin You Nola. feel like when Sanchez is up there, if they give him something to hit, he's going to hit it. That's what you right. feel like. And you didn't feel that way. You don't feel that way with Austin Nola, who, by the way, I do think that my theory that I put out here, uh, catching less has helped him more. I mean, Austin Nola is probably a really, um, I, I believe, a really good backup on most teams. Um, you know, guy who catches once, twice is a total team guy. Guy who comes in in the ninth, maybe even, depending on who your other catcher is. Um, and, and, but he's been catching a lot and he's yeah. whatever, 31 years old. Uh, so I think this has helped him, but he's not Gary Sanchez in terms of the power and, and all that. That slugging percentage, I, I checked it on my phone uh, to make sure this wasn't a mistake by, by, by JK, our producer. He has a slugging percentage of 195. Is that, is that correct? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy. Kevin, I know we've talked about the Nats a little bit. I don't really want to belabor the fact that they're a bad team. Um, what do you see out of them? Get to see Mackenzie Gore on Sunday. Get to see him for the second time. He's got an ERA a little over four. Um you know, it's kind of the Mackenzie Gore that you saw toward the end last year. Um, I know there was the elbow last year, but like he can be really super good. I remember yeah. he started last year as good as any rookie ever uh, at first eight, nine starts. You know, I think uh, everyone's looking forward to that. They like Mackenzie and heck, he's a, he's a heck of a pitcher. But like Josiah Gray going on Saturday – there's another good young pitcher for them, but still ERA of three something. Uh, you know, that, but he, he's been rocked around and had some really good starts. So right. look, you should rock him around. Uh, that's just, you know, it's what the Phillies did. It's what the, um, I believe what the Cardinals who stink did. Um, but the Cardinals are much like the Padres. They got some really good hitters. And if you're facing a pitcher who isn't great, you know, do something against him. 
So right. again, Patrick Corbin is still pitching because he's making a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> that's just, and you know, uh, probably, you know, I'm assuming probably a good guy too. And, and they have a very young team. And so they're, you know, keeping them around. Uh, again, just, just, just be a team that you, it should just be a team that you, you sweep and it's not that big a deal, right? Like they came, you saw them, you beat them. Uh, right. There you go. I said on this uh, podcast, I believe it was here before the Guardian series. If I mapped it out, because I feel like we reached the point in the season where it was time to start doing this a little bit. Didn't know exactly how it would go, but figure if you can take two or three from the Rays, Mm -hmm. I think you can be one game above 500 by the end of the National Series. Well, they can't do that now, but they can be 500 by the end of the National Series. And they haven't been 500 since, is it May 11th? I think it was May 11th. It was 19 and 19. All right. And you know what? Uh, now they're what? 36 and 39. So. Our, mm-hmm. our, our final 500 before you can be above 500. Well, yeah. Baby steps, right? Baby steps. It's the old, I, I covered a football coach named Rich Rodriguez. You know him, mm-hmm. Rich Rod coached at Michigan, the coach of the Arizona. He had a line and you used to roll your eyes when you'd hear it, but it was, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. How, how, how do you how do you get to the World Series? Well, you start by being 500. Um, Kevin, the, the, our final segment every week is unofficially called Get Kevin in Trouble Time, where I ask you something ridiculous, and, uh, and we go from there. Two former Padres are free agents. Uh. Will Myers was released by the Reds this week. He's had a terrible season. He's been hurt. He's been bad when he's been healthy. Um, he's a free agent. To Nelson Lamette was released by the Rockies this morning. Do you, if you're the Padres, kick the tires on either one of those guys? No. Breaks my heart on, on Will in particular, because that's that's a good man right there. But no, no, I mean, why? Right. I mean, he'd replace Nelson Cruz. And I'm not <laughs> sure. And I think Nelson Cruz is playing better. Nelson Cruz is playing better. Nelson Cruz is, you know, yeah. They're, unfortunately, no. You just, that's not something you do. How about to Nelson Lamette? Bob Melvin said Monday night, he needs another righty down there. They he don't have another he righty needs down Luis there. Garcia to step up. I know everybody. You took okay. it as a message to AJ Preller. You took it. He meant he needs a righty to step up. Okay. That's what okay. he meant. Okay. Would he take another righty? Yeah, but not to Nelson Lamette. Okay. Because good stuff in short bursts. I mean, even we saw... When he was pitching for the Rockies, he was not – I didn't think he was bad against the Padres. He's just been bad against everybody else. He's he's not the same guy. He just isn't. He just isn't. He hasn't been the same since the elbow and, and trying mm-hmm. to do without the Tommy John. And, and you know, he's not the same guy. He also um, – he hasn't made the ad- adaptation that some other guys made when they started to check your glove in your hands. Um, so there you go. obviously, you know, still <laughs> yeah. a good pitcher, like good, good enough to be given, what do you make? 4 million bucks this year. Um, yeah. I mean, still, still enough for teams to want to have on their team because they believe in the talent, but you know, some things have worked against them to Nelson. Right. There are some, there was a time, Kevin, again, when the Padres didn't have all these superstars where to Nelson Lamette was appointment television. Oh, both of these guys would be already be here and we'd be writing about them that uh, the, you know, the Padres are going to, if these guys can work out, then, you know, maybe the Padres, uh, you know, found uh, gold here 
Uh, that's not where they're at now. Again, it breaks my heart because uh, it would be fantastic to have Will back, uh, both uh, for his teammates and and for the media. But that, that's just not a that's just not a a thing. So you're saying Jared Weaver and Alexi Ramirez aren't walking through that door? Probably. That is correct. Gotcha. Uh, those were those were the days. <laughs> that's what you're looking at with the Nationals right now. Maybe the maybe Will Myers will be here with the Nationals. That's a great point. And you know. Fran Mill Reyes, I believe, is in AAA for the Nationals. A guy like a Fran Mill Reyes. You could, you could see him DHing for them, couldn't you? Uh, I'd be, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure who their DH is at this point. I think sometimes they put a Manessis out there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm surprised at this point he's not, but he must not be producing down there uh, in AAA. Yep, absolutely. All right, Padres Nationals, three-game series. A sweep. It's silly to expect a sweep, but – a sweep would certainly we say help that all the time, team. but that's what we're expecting. <laughs> that's the expectation. Absolutely. That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.